So nice to be back here with uh, Calvary Chapel. I, uh, Christine and I went to the site with Kevin and Charlotte last week, and we were so amazed. You guys are taking on a massive, a Nehemiah-sized project, and so good to see the youth up here and doing dramas and hear about their uh, outreach. Wow. Great to see what God is doing here. You are in a growing, moving, exciting church. Do you realize that? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to talk this morning on committed friendships. When Kevin uh, wrote me and we worked out a time when I could come and visit, I began praying uh, for each Sunday when I'm sharing at different churches about what the Lord has. And, and for this church at this time, I felt like the Lord really wanted to say something about the need to grow deeper in committed friendships as the body of Christ. As we know, one of the greatest needs in the church today in the general sense is that there'll be deeper friendships, more solid relationships between believers where we would leave, live in a higher level of unity, standing with one another, believing the best about one another, standing with each other in good times and hard times and difficult times. And, and you guys are, are moving into a, a real difficult time. You, you, this is a time of multiplication for Calvary Chapel South. And I see the faith steps you're doing uh, are very pleasing to the Lord. And the enemy is going to try to do everything he can to, to interfere, to come against you, to divide you. And so this is why we need to stand together, especially at this time, in committed friendships that will last. We want to look at the story of David and Jonathan because it's one of the amazing stories. Jonathan's friendship that he showed David is an unbelievable story of friendship. Paul said in Romans 12, 10, that we're to be devoted to one another in brother love. Notice that, be devoted to one another in brother love and honor one another above yourself. Today I want to look at 13 ways in which Jonathan proved his friendship to David. 13 ways. And if you want to follow with me, you can turn to 1 Samuel chapter 18. We'll be looking through about four or five chapters, but we'll start there. Let's pray. Lord, as we start today, we remember, Lord, that you're here among us. We remember that you want to speak to us. And we would ask you, Holy Spirit, to come and convict us, come and minister to us, come and strengthen us. Lord, whatever you want to do, we stand ready to receive from you. And so, Lord, come and walk among us. Do your work in our hearts. Show us. Help us to apply what we're learning today, not just to take in a head knowledge, but something that goes beyond our head into our hearts and begins to change how we do church, change how we live, change how we 
are examples of your life in the world today. And so, Lord, I ask for that fresh anointing, submit myself to you, and want to ask that you would come and do your work among us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, David has fearlessly killed Goliath, the Philistine giant. Israel wins a great victory, and King Saul sends for David to come and be with him. And it was during this time that David became friends with Jonathan. So first of all, the first way we see that Jonathan proved his friendship with David is that Jonathan walked in love and unity with David. 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 1. After David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. You see, Jonathan and David had gotten so close that they were many times with one heart and one mind. The brother today shared one of the things he saw was community, something that touched him, doing things with a common purpose. Jonathan loved David as he loved himself. He, Jesus commanded us that we are to love our neighbors as ourselves. And so the first way Jonathan proved his friendship to David is that Jonathan walked in love and unity with David. Let's look at the second way Jonathan proved his friendship to David. And that is that Jonathan made a covenant relationship with David. 1 Samuel 18 Verse 3, and Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Now, a covenant is a sworn agreement between two parties, and Jonathan committed himself to walk in real friendship with David. You see, these men took their, their friendship very seriously. They verbally spoke out their commitment to each other, and how we need those kind of friendships in the body of Christ today. So the second way Jonathan proved his friendship to David is that Jonathan made a covenant, an agreement together, a bond, uh, an oath that they agreed together to walk in committed friendship, no matter what would happen. The third way Jonathan proved his friendship to David is that Jonathan put David's interests above his own. In 1 Samuel 18 and verse 4, it says, Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and gave it to David, along with his tunic and even his sword, his bow, and his belt. You see, in a physical demonstration of his love for his friend, Jonathan gave David the symbols of his power. Jonathan was the king's son. He was the next heir to the throne of Israel in the natural sense. But he gave David his tunic, his sword, his bow, and his belt. Jonathan was showing here that he put David's interests above his own. That Jonathan was concerned about his friend's future. 
that Jonathan's position of authority didn't stop him from serving David, who held no position of authority in the kingdom at that time. You see, Jonathan was putting David's interests above his own. Paul said in Philippians chapter 2, in verse 3 and 4, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Are we doing that in our friendships? Do we look out for one another? Do we put their interests even above our own? Do we have that kind of friendships? Can you identify those people who do that with you? Is there a name, a face? Is there a time, an incident coming to your mind right now? I believe the Holy Spirit will give you people today where you will say, I need to say that. I need to deepen my friendship with that brother or with that sister or with that, that member of this group. God just wants to speak to us. See, Jonathan was doing this here. He was putting laying down his rights as the king's son in order to express his own love to his friend. Jonathan's position didn't stop him from putting David's interests above his own. And so the third way we see Jonathan proving his friendship to David is that Jonathan put David's interests above his own. The story continues. After Jonathan had entered into a covenant relationship with David, God began to use David in amazing ways. David was given a high rank in the king's army. And everywhere he went, God gave him military success. So one day, after the army of Israel returned back from battle, the women went out singing and celebrating in the streets. And they sang... Saul has slain his thousands, and David his tens of thousands. When Saul heard this, he became very angry and jealous of David. So the next day, as David was playing his music for the king in the palace, an evil spirit from God came upon Saul, and so Saul threw a spear at David trying to pin him to the wall. David saw the spear coming, got out of the way, and, and, and left. The Bible tells us that from that time on, King Saul became afraid of David and started looking for a way to destroy him. And so he sent him out to battle, hoping that David would be killed by their enemies. But God protected David and gave him military victory after victory after victory until he became a very well-established general in King Saul's army. King Saul even went to the extent of giving his daughter Michael in marriage to David, hoping that she would be a snare for his downfall, that Shows you a little bit about where King Saul was at. He wanted his daughter to, to be the downfall for David. What did he think about his daughter? But Michael loved David. 
God continued giving David more and more success until he became a famous leader in the army. And so now David is in full-time service to King Saul. David is King Saul's armor bearer, number two. He's King Saul's son-in-law, married to Michael. And he's his, King Saul's son is his best friend, Jonathan. And during this time, David was fast becoming the hero to all of Israel. He was loved, he was honored as an army commander, and his success in battle earned him fame. The story continues. Meanwhile, King Saul's spiritual life was spiraling down and down. He lost all sense of right from wrong. He knew that the Lord was with David and had left him. But instead of crying out for God's help, he tells Jonathan to kill David. Here we get the fourth way Jonathan proved his friendship to David. Jonathan protected David. 1 Samuel 19, verse 1 and 2. Saul told his son Jonathan and all the attendants to kill David. But Jonathan was very fond of David and warned him. My father Saul is looking for a chance to kill you. Be on your guard tomorrow morning. Go into hiding and stay there. So Jonathan warns David about his father's plans to kill him. Now I have to believe that Jonathan loved his dad. But here we see that Jonathan's commitment to do what was right towards his friend weighed heavier than his blood ties to his father who wanted to kill his friend. You see, Jonathan protected David from evil. Do we do that in our friendships? In 1 Corinthians 13, 7, the Bible says, love, it always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, it always perseveres. Are we the kinds of friends who protect one another when we see things coming? Or do we abandon them when others begin to turn away from them? Or when we see them struggling, does the fear of man keep us to, from reaching out in love to them when they're going through hard times? Jonathan protected David from his own father's plan to kill him. And that was the fourth way Jonathan showed his love to David. He protected him. The fifth way Jonathan proved his love to David is that Jonathan stood in the gap for David. 1 Samuel chapter 19, verse 3. I will go out, and I'll stand with my father in the field where you are, and I'll speak to him about you and tell you what I found out. You see, Jonathan was saying here to David, David, I'll be a mediator between you and my father. I'll stand in the gap between the two of you to try to bring a reconciliation. This picture of him being a mediator is a physical picture of the spiritual principle of standing in intercession. You see, good friends pray for one another. Good friends stand together in prayer. In fact, prayer is a bond that keeps committed friendships committed. Prayer is like love in action when we stand in the gap lifting up our brother to the throne of God, standing with them in the call of God. And so the fifth way 
Jonathan proved his love for David is that Jonathan stood in the gap for David. The sixth way Jonathan proved his friendship is that Jonathan spoke well of David. 1 Samuel 19, verse 4 and 5. Jonathan spoke well of David to Saul, his father, and said to him, Let not the king do wrong to his servant David. He has not wronged you, and what he has done has benefited you greatly. He took his life in his hands, and when he killed the, when he killed the Philistine, the Lord won a great victory for all Israel, and you saw it and were glad. Why then would you do wrong to an innocent man like David by killing him for no reason? You see, Jesus said, Jonathan said, David has served you well. He risked his life when he went to kill Goliath. He is an innocent man who's done you no harm. And he spoke well of David even when David was not around. Jonathan didn't speak bad about his friend. Jonathan didn't misrepresent David to his father, but he accurately and with integrity defended David's character when he came under an attack by his own father. And he did this even though it was his father who he loved who was wanting to kill his friend. Such was the commitment of David, of Jonathan. Such was his friendship towards David. Do we speak well of our friends behind their backs? Or are we people who throw verbal spears and to pin people to the wall? Do we smile and talk like real friends but then go around and slander somebody when they're not around? You see, when we do that, we destroy real unity and trust because slander is one of the ways the enemy wants to destroy and attack the church today. The Bible says he is the accuser of the brethren. And when we enter into gossip or when we enter into slander, we open the door for the enemy to bring mistrust and division into the body of Christ. And it can ruin friendships, even friendships that have been there for many years, maybe decades. You see, Jonathan spoke well of his friend, even when he wasn't around. And we need to do the same. So the sixth way Jonathan proved his friendship to David is that Jonathan spoke well of David. The story continues. The result of Jonathan's mediation between David and his father is that King Saul listened to him. He said, okay, you're right. Okay, let's bring David back in. And so David was brought back into the palace courts and he went back and did what he did and war broke out with the Philistines and David went out to battle and God gave him success every single time he went out to battle. And, and while this was happening, King Saul was being tormented by an evil spirit, and it was becoming worse and worse and worse. Again, in a burst of anger, King Saul, listening to David play his harp, takes a spear to pin him to a wall. Again, David runs, and he makes good his escape. He goes to the prophet Samuel, tells him about what's going on, and then he decides to go back to Jerusalem in secret. This is, this, this is a better story than anything Hollywood could come up with. And this is true life. 
he goes back in secret to meet his friend in Jerusalem. Here we get the seventh way Jonathan proved his friendship to David. Jonathan trusted David even when he didn't fully understand the situation. In 1 Samuel 20, verse 1 to 3, the Bible says that David fled from Naoth at Ramah and went to Jonathan and asked, what have I done? What is my crime? How have I wronged your father that he's trying to take my life? Jonathan looks at him, never. Jonathan replied, you're not going to die. Look, my father doesn't do anything, great or small, without confiding in me. Why would he hide this from me? It's just not so, David. But David took an oath and said, your father knows well that I found favor in your eyes. And he said to himself, Jonathan must not know this or he will be grieved. Yet as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, there's only one step between death and me. You see, at first, Jonathan couldn't believe that his father was again trying to kill David. He said, look, my father tells me everything, David. I think you're off, you know? I, I, you know, you might be scared. I can understand that he threw three spares at you. But, you know, it's, it's over. It's a done deal. The, the time's changed. Don't, don't think like that. But David explains to Jonathan why King Saul didn't tell him about this. And it's because King Saul realized that David and Jonathan had this committed friendship and he didn't want to grieve his son. So when David said, I tell you the truth, there's only one step between me and death, Jonathan turned around and said in 1 Samuel 24, I will do whatever you want me to do. You see, Jonathan trusted David even when he didn't understand the real situation. Do we have such deep friendships that we can trust others when things don't make sense? Or are we quick to suspect something bad? Are we quick to judge? Are we quick to criticize? Are we quick to, to imagine bad things or wrong things? Jonathan trusted David. Love trusts. Sometimes the only thing you have to go on is that you know that person, you know his character, and you're going to trust him. That's what we do with God. Even if we don't understand, we trust him because we know he's always loving. He's always kind. He always reaches out. He's forgiving. He gives us second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh chances. We, his mercy is unlimited. His kindness beyond understanding. And so we trust him. And God wants us to have those kind of trusting relationships with people in the body that are standing with us. So Jonathan proved, the seventh way Jonathan proved his friendship to David is that Jonathan trusted David even when he didn't understand. The eighth way Jonathan proves his friendship to David is Jonathan helped David to know the will of God. Look at 1 Samuel verse 20, verse 5 through 7. So David said, so they come, they're coming up with a plan. How are we going to decide what's right? David said, look, tomorrow's the new moon festival. I'm supposed to dine with the king, but let me go and hide in the field until the evening of the day after tomorrow. If your father misses me, tell him, well, David earnestly asked my permission to hurry to Bethlehem, his hometown. 
because an annual sacrifice is being made there for his whole clan. If he says, very well, then your servant is safe. Well, no. But if he loses his temper, you can be sure that he's determined to harm me. So these true friends decide to come up with a plan to 100% confirm what is the intentions of King Saul's heart. David will miss an official dinner he was supposed to go to. If King Saul gets mad, then Jonathan would know for sure that his father really wants to kill David. But if King Saul doesn't get angry, then they will both know it's safe to come back. So the eighth way Jonathan proved his friendship to David is Jonathan helped David know the will of the Lord. And we, true friends, help each other know the will of the Lord. Just recently, I was sharing with Kevin and Charlotte about our situation. We feel that they have, they have a place to share into our life, and we listen to them. We also listen to many others, because true friends help each other do what's right in God's eyes. Amen? The ninth way, I can't put my finger up, but pretend that's nine. Jonathan proved his friendship to David is Jonathan had David reaffirm the, his, his commitment to their relationship. 1 Samuel 20, verse 16 to 17. So Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David. It's the second time he's done this. May the Lord call David's enemies to account. And Jonathan had David reaffirm his oath out of love for him because he loved him out of self. Now, think about that. Jonathan went out on the risky edge here and said, Kevin, you're my friend. I want us to reaffirm together our commitment together. That's what Jonathan did. He took the risk. He wasn't afraid of being rejected. He wasn't afraid of allowing fear or insecurity or things to keep him from walking in, an, in, a, in a deep, committed friendship with David. Now, they both knew that David was going to have to go away because this, this event was going to come up that David was going to miss. And in order to test them, so, so Jonathan says, before you go, please reaffirm your friendship with me. I love that. To me, that's guts. That takes guts. That's, that's a manly thing to do. That's not girly. That's not sort of feminine. That's a manly thing to do. I like that. Well, it can be feminine too. <laughs> Girls need to have that. True friendship go through times of recommitment. True friendships come through times of reaffirming their pledge of loyalty, their pledge of service, their pledge of love to each other. I have known this guy for many years. Many years ago in, in Nepal, we lived in the same building and we were reached out into, in, 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 to, to Nepalis in different ways. And since that time, we've kept that friendship. And it, the friendship has not gone away because of space. It's only deepened as we continue to follow God together. There's a link up between Kevin and I that is something we recognize. It's something from God. Where's your link up? Think of the people to your right, to your left, in front of you, behind you. Where's your link up today? Maybe they're not here. Maybe they are here. Are you committing yourself to them? Are you walking in that kind of relationship? When Jonathan recommitted himself, he proved to David the ninth way that he was committed to friendship. Jonathan 
had David reaffirm his commitment to their relationship. The story continues. I'm getting a little bit off here. The day came to plan for their, to put their plan into action. David goes outside of Jerusalem in a field and waits by a big rock. The official dinner comes. David's not there. King Saul says, where's David to Jonathan? Jonathan said, well, he had to go away for a family thing. And what happened was the first day, okay, King Saul said, well, maybe something was wrong with David. Second day, David's seat is empty. King Saul says to Jonathan, where is David? And Jonathan explains, well, David asked permission to go to a family, uh, family thing, and King Saul flew into a range. He begins to yell at Jonathan. He says, you son of a perverse woman. What did he just do? <laughs> he, he practically cursed his own wife. You son of a perverse woman. Don't I know that you've sided with David to your own shame? As long as David lives, you and your kingdom will not be established. What was he thinking about? Power, position, authority. Bring him here. David must die. Now Jonathan knows that his father really wants to kill him. And so he says, why must he be put to death? And then King Saul even throws a spear at his son, Jonathan. And then we, the Bible tells us that Jonathan is deeply hurt by his friend's father's unjust actions towards David. Here we get the 10th way Jonathan proved his friendship to David. Jonathan helped David carry David's burdens. 1 Samuel 20, verse 34. Jonathan got up from the table in fierce anger, and on the second day of the month, he didn't even eat because he was grieved at his father's shameful treatment of David. You see, he got up in anger, deeply grieved, Jonathan was so one with David that when he felt, when, when his father began to talk like he did and, and said what he did, he, he felt David's pain. And he was willing to carry David's burden. Paul says in Galatians 6.2, carry each other's burden and in this way we'll fulfill the law of Christ. Are you carrying your friend's burden today? Psalm 68, 19 talks about the Lord and how he carries our burden. He says, praise be the Lord, the God of our Savior, who daily bears our burdens. You see, bearing one another's burdens was so important to Jesus while he was here on earth that he even rebuked the experts in the law when they didn't do that. In Luke chapter 11, verse 46, uh, Jesus said, are, and you experts in the law, woe to you because you load people down with burdens they can hardly carry and you yourself will not lift one finger to help them. You see, friends, Jonathan carried David's burden of pain. He felt the grief that, uh, that his friend was being so wrongly treated by his father. Do we do that? True friends carry each other's burdens. True friends help each other go through times, difficult times. Jonathan was deeply burdened by his father's shameful treatment of David. And so Jonathan carried in his own heart David's pain. True friends do the same. The tenth way Jonathan proved his friendship to David is that Jonathan helped carry David's burden. The eleventh way 
Jonathan proved his friendship to David is that Jonathan unashamedly expressed his love to David. 1 Samuel, verse 20, verse 41. Now Jonathan knows. Jonathan knows it's true. My father's going to kill you. And he's not gonna, it's not going to change. It means you and I can't be together. They set up a plan. They're going to shoot an arrow. A boy will go get the arrow. And, and if David says, aren't the arrows beyond you? It's actual a secret clue to David saying, you have to go. And if he says, no, aren't the arrows this side of, of you? It means, David, you're free to come. He shoots the arrow. The boy goes to run. Go in peace. So, Dave, so he shoots the arrows. The boy goes running. He says, aren't they behind you? The boy grabs the arrows, takes the bow, goes back into the city, and then David comes out from his hiding place. The boy knew nothing about what was happening. And then Jonathan says to David, go in peace. We have a sworn friendship with each other in the name of the Lord, saying the Lord is witness between you. Oh, sorry, I I, I skipped one. 1 Samuel 20, verse 41. After the boy had gone, David got up from the south side of the stone, bowed down before Jonathan three times with his face to the ground. They kissed each other and wept together, but David wept the most. These grown men openly hugged and kissed each other. They were gutsy kind of men. I'd like, I'd like to say they were not little wimps, these guys were fighters. These guys were valiant, courageous, gutsy men. But when they had friendship, they were able to express unashamedly their affection for one another. Are our friendships so deep that the thought of parting for maybe for good, it leaves this kind of a reaction in us? The 11th way, Jonathan proved his friendship for David. He unashamedly expressed his love for David. The 12th way, that Jonathan proved his friendship to David is that Jonathan declared that God was their witness in the pledge to be their friends. 1 Samuel 20, verse 42. Jonathan said to David, go in peace, for we have a sworn friendship with each other in the name of the Lord. The Lord is witness between you and me and between your descendants and my descendants forever. Then David left and Jonathan went back to town. See, Jonathan said, we have a sworn friendship made in the name of the Lord with God as our witness. You see, Jonathan took his friendship with David very seriously. It was not a joke. It was not done lightly. It was done before God. Do we treat our friendships in that sort of a way? Saying, my friendship with you is done before God Almighty. If I do not be a good friend to you, may the Lord deal with me. Do we ask that? This is what Jonathan and David did. The story continues. David has to flee from King Saul. Jonathan goes back to serving his father. King Saul begins to send out men to kill David. And time after time after time, the Bible dedicates chapters to this. Uh, God delivers David and his men from King Saul's attack. Well, one day, Jonathan finds out where David and his men are hiding. And Jonathan goes to them. Here's the 13th way that Jonathan proved his friendship for David, is Jonathan helped David find strength and courage in God. 1 Samuel 23, verse 16. The men are on the run. They've been hiding in caves and strongholds in the desert. 
And now Jonathan finds out where they are, and this is what happens. And Saul's son, Jonathan, went to David Horish and helped him find strength in God. He said, don't be afraid. My father Saul will not lay a hand on you. You will be king over Israel, and I will be second to you. Even my father Saul knows this. You see, Jonathan, knowing the pain that David was going through, knowing that he was being hunted like a criminal, running for his life, helps David find strength in the one source that will never fail him, Jesus Christ. And that's what true friends do. And then he reaffirms that David, one day you're going to be king. And he places himself under David, even though he was the rightful next heir to the throne in the natural. So the 13th way Jonathan proved his friendship with David is that Jonathan helped David find strength and courage in God. Do we do the same? Do we? And you, you know, this is the last recorded time that the Bible has of Jonathan and David ever meeting. Because David had to, Jonathan had to, take, uh, to go back to King Saul. David and his men continued roaming. And then finally the Bible tells us that Jonathan and King Saul died in battle with the Philistines. And when David heard that King Saul died and Jonathan died, he wrote a song, a little song about it, like a poem song. And this is what he said in 2 Samuel chapter 1, verse 25 and 26. How the mighty have fallen in battle. Jonathan lies slain on your heights. I grieve for you, Jonathan, my brother. You are very dear to me. Your love for me was wonderful, more wonderful than that of a woman. What an incredible friendship that Jonathan had with David. It withstood times of testing, misunderstanding, difficulties, hardships, trials, persecutions, and yet it remained steadfast to the very last day. They remained committed friends basically all their lives. So let's review the 13 ways Jonathan proved friendship to David. Number one, Jonathan walked in love and unity with David, and we need to be doing that as brothers and sisters in Christ. Number two, Jonathan made a covenant relationship with, demon, uh, with David, an agreement. It was something they, they said, we are gonna do together. Number three, Jonathan put David's interests above his own. That's what true friends do. That's what it means to love somebody selflessly, to put somebody interest above your own. Number four, Jonathan protected David. Love protects. Love cares for. Love sees dangers coming and warns our friends about the possibility. It might make them angry, but we don't care because we love them. That's what a dad does with his kids. Number five, Jonathan stood in the gap for David. Intercession, prayer. This is the bond that holds committed friendships together. This is what, when tested, prayer becomes a mighty glue that, that keeps committed people, stay committed right to the very end, no matter what the enemy may throw at them. Number six, Jonathan spoke well of David. 
He didn't speak badly behind his back. He properly, with integrity, in a right way, represented David to his father. Do we do that? Number eight, Jonathan helped David know the will of the Lord. Wow, man, what an incredible blessing to know the will of the Lord. What a task. (laughs) What a wonderful way to live your life, helping people know the will of the Lord. (laughs) Number nine, Jonathan had David reaffirm his commitment to the relationship. He said, David, it's time to renew. It's been, ten, it's been three years now. Let's, let's, let's pull together and say, hey, let's sit down. Let's go out. Let's go for a walk. And let's recommit ourselves to walk together for the rest of our lives. Number 10, Jonathan helped carry David's burdens. He felt David's pain. He was so one with him that for him to help that in that way was almost a privilege to Jonathan. He felt as a duty, something he needed to do. Number 11, Jonathan unashamedly expressed his love to David, not in a weak sort of feminine sort of a way, but in a real powerful, manly, godly way. And number 12, Jonathan declared that God was their witness in their pledge to be friends. They said, I bring this friendship before the Almighty. If I fail, God, you deal with me. And if you fail, God, you deal with him. That's radical. That means God is that third strand in a a strand of three chords. God is that third player in that friendship. And number 13, Jonathan helped David find strength and courage in God. And that's what we should all do as friends. I believe you're coming into a a great time of expansion and multiplication as Calvary Chapel South. And I believe God has great things for you, much more than probably anyone, probably anyone knows. And if that's so, we're going to have to have the kind of committed friendships that are going to be able to endure the testings, the attacks, the challenges, the giants that will stand against us. So let's ask God, Lord, who is that special friend? Who are they? Name them, identify them, talk to them. Recommit yourself to walk in godly love. I pray that there'll be many Jonathan David friendships in Calvary Chapel South in the years to come.